Are you in need of a quick bite, but not in the mood for a sit-down restaurant or greasy fast food joint? Are you hungry, but can't seem to locate any local restaurants? Food trucks provided one solution to this quick food dilemma. You can walk up to the counter of a food truck and leave with your order of fish and chips and tacos in less than three minutes. You can also locate moving food trucks on your phone via Twitter or Yelp and watch them come to you. With the advent of social media and technology, food trucks have an especially easy time reaching their wide customer base and promoting their food brand and location. On a similar note, chick-chock is a Hebrew term that roughly translates to efficiency and timeliness. Go to the grocery store and buy some bread, chick-chock. We need to head to your sister's dance recital, chick-chock. Let's eat food, chick-chock. Language matters when conveying intention and history. This is why Chick-Chock is such an suitable name for a food truck. Fortunately, I was able to locate one such truck in Cambridge. Thanks for listening to Gouda Talk, a tasty food podcast and interview series for Word by Jess Ng, exploring topics of race, class, and gender in the food and restaurant industry. In my second interview with food truck pioneers in the Boston and Cambridge area, I had the opportunity to chat with Ari Kendall co-founder and head chef for the Chick-Tock Food Truck, which was formerly known as Rami's Food Truck. Ari attended Le Cordon Bleu Culinary School in Cambridge and previously worked as a chef for local restaurants such as East Coast Grill in Inman Square, Barcelona Brookline, Mosa, as well as catering and private chef gigs. He entered the food truck business after working with Rami's, a Middle Eastern Israeli restaurant on making their kosher menu Moba. He decided to split off from Rami's and create Chick-Chock, a kosher food truck. Suddenly, Ari was more invested in the food truck business than his original restaurant career plans. Along with his co-owner, Matt Fultman, he decided to expand the business by opening up more food trucks and now restaurants in the Boston and Cambridge area. Chick-Chock is a force in the food industry. Thank you for listening, and I hope you enjoy this conversation. My name is Ari Kendall. I'm a Boston-based chef. I went to culinary school here at Le Cordon Bleu in Cambridge. Uh, since then, I've been working in restaurants around Boston, from fine dining to casual dining, as private chef, catering, and hotels, until I finally settled on opening a food truck. So can you tell me more about your experience uh, working before you opened the food truck? So what restaurants did you work in? Um, what other jobs did you take in the food industry? Absolutely. I started my first job at East Coast Grill in Cambridge, uh, in Min Square. I worked there for a year before moving to catering. I worked with Rebecca's Catering, uh, as well as Catering by Andrew, which is a kosher catering company out of Brookline, Massachusetts. I... Then spent some time at Barcelona Brookline after a brief stint at a restaurant in Central Square named Moxa. And after that, uh, I had worked uh, briefly as a private chef. And then I really wanted to get back into interacting with more people and sharing my food to a larger, uh, larger audience. So can you tell me more about your experience in culinary school? Did you have a positive experience? What motivated you to continue or start cooking? Absolutely. Um, I had done a brief stint at business school before realizing that business school was not for me. Um, little did I know I would be immersed back into business, starting my own. Um, uh, from there, I took a trip to Israel, where I did a work study for five months. From there, when I came back to the U.S., I had wanted to further my studies 
uh, which is why I enrolled in the Cordon Bleu. There, I got to meet a lot of incredible chefs who helped guide me, and I got to work with a lot more products and basically get a, a broader view on cooking more than I had experienced in my own time. What inspired you after all this experience to open up a food truck? I guess I'm a bit of a sadist. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I, I really enjoy working 14 hours a day, seven days a week. Um, <laughs> um, it's really fast paced. It's the entire operation. If I was to be in a restaurant, I would either be in the kitchen or be in the front of the house or be doing some other job. But here I kind of get the entire package in one. I'm interacting with the customers. I'm doing the purchasing and ordering. I'm doing, you know, more of the business and tax filing and site acquisitions, as well as having my time in the kitchen, getting to cook and uh, create recipes. Um, so it, it really gave me the full package as opposed to only being able to pursue one avenue. And it also got me out of the kitchen and back into the customer service aspect, which I really enjoy. Um, interacting with customers is you know, the highlight of my day. So you said you went to culinary school. Do you think any of what you learned there prepared you for working in a food truck or did you have to learn new skills on the way as well? I definitely was prepared for a lot of the culinary aspect. Um, there was a lot of, you know, more of the business aspect was gone over in the schooling as well. Um, you know, purchasing and ordering, cost controls, pricing, stuff like that, that, you know, gave me the broader aspect. And then, you know, throughout my career, I picked up different techniques and styles, but I definitely wasn't prepared for becoming a mechanic. Um, that, that has been definitely a bit of a surprise to me is how gentle and fragile these trucks are and, and how much machinery I am responsible for on a daily basis. You know, we have our commissary back in Brookline where we have machinery there and machinery on the truck. And it's, uh, it's a lot of moving pieces. Wow, that sounds really interesting to learn, but also sort of like difficult and intrinsic. As well yeah, as it well. definitely keeps you on your toes. Every day is new. Like sort of what inspired you or who inspired you to cook the food that you serve in the food truck? Uh, so, for instance, like, did you did the trip to Israel spark any interest? Do you have family members who had these recipes? Um, just share some stories, I guess. Absolutely. So I think one of the people that really inspired me to cook uh, would be me, my grandmother, uh, Conchetta Nicosia. She is a phenomenal cook, and watching her in the kitchen was always a pleasure. Um, I think as far as the food, I definitely fell in love with the food. Uh, I traveled to Israel, lived there for a couple of years. It's a one-of-a-kind melting pot of recipes from around the world. You get some really unique fusion. You'll have, like, Moroccan-Polish cuisine. Like, where else in the world could you so find cool. something like that? But the food definitely was, uh, was always in my heart, um, and it just took me some time to gain the skills that I felt comfortable uh, doing it on my own. And now I get to really play with the food that means the most to me. So when you started opening up the food truck, did you have to, you know, go back to grandma and ask her for recipes or was it something that she, you sort of learned on the way? Um, I had been working with a restaurant at the time named uh, Rami's. They're based out of Brookline as well. Um, they shared a vast wealth of knowledge with me. Uh, really got me up to speed on, you know, the, the finesse techniques with working with chickpeas because it really is the bread and butter of the operation and the soaking and the cooking and baking soda for softening and 
I mean, it's a, it's a labor of love, and it all takes time, but when it comes together, it's you know, a meal you won't forget. So you already answered the question, who in your life has influenced your cooking the most? Um, have you served as a mentor to anyone in the cooking industry? So it's, uh, it's an interesting translation because I myself am not Middle Eastern, um, about as Eastern and Western European as you could come by. Um, so the recipes are definitely not family recipes, um, but they have been gathered from some very authentic sources, um, maybe not my grandmother, but other people's grandmothers. Um, and then I have a lot of staff that are, again, not Middle Eastern. I have Latino staff and South American staff and Eastern European staff who, you know, again, it's not their food, but as long as they can love and appreciate the food, they can produce the food. I mean, any ingredient can be manipulated in any way. And, you know, these are simple recipes that just take time. Can you pinpoint a specific moment when you wanted to start cooking this cuisine? I think it really boils down to a very silly moment where as I was quitting my final job before starting the food truck, I watched the movie Chef. And in the movie, there's a chef who is working for somebody else, producing really good food that he didn't relate to and wasn't, you know, an expression of himself. And he left the and a more glitz and glam world of fine dining to, you know, do this rustic start of food that maybe wasn't his food, but it was a food that he connected to and a food that he believed in. And I know myself, I could eat falafel and hummus every day. I mean, I do eat falafel and hummus every day. And it never gets tiring to me because it's something that I really believe in. I think that's also sort of a struggle for me too in terms of like what type of food I would like to cook in the future because I'm Chinese by ethnicity and I like all types of food too. Yeah. So. I mean, I have, I have encountered um, the accusations of culinary appropriation, um, the idea that you could steal someone else's eating culture, which I think is a silly notion because the whole idea of eating and food is sharing and bringing people together and you know, all food that we have is you know the corn came from the americas and traveled west and then from the west came potatoes and they traveled east and everything i mean all of our food is trade and spices are trade and so we we share food with each other and i mean yes maybe it's not the food that my ancestors ate but it's the food that was shared with me and it was shared in such a nice way that it became a part of me. And, you know, I see white guys making tacos and black guys making sushi and Mexican guys making pizza. But, you know, to share food with somebody else, that's that's the gift. It's not who owns what, because I don't own falafel and I don't own hummus. I just share it with people. And, and that's what brings me joy and it brings other people joy. So as long as I can keep doing that, I'll be happy. Sort of this isn't ethnic cuisine and people might not be used to you know, eating falafel or hummus. Mm -hmm. And so how do you best introduce people who have never you know, eaten this cuisine yeah. to this cuisine? Um, so my favorite way to introduce people is to let them try it. So people ask, hey, what's a falafel? Without skipping a beat, just give them one. And I mean, it's hard to explain fried bean ball while making it sound delicious. But people eat it, and they're blown away. Is this a meatball? What kind of fritter is this? And it's ground beans, but it's done well, and it's delicious. And so 
it may not be for everyone. Um, I mean, I try not to Americanize the food too much and, and kind of whitewash it and take away the flavor. So I want to keep the authenticity while still making it palatable to to the people around here. I mean, you know, still people like to have their hot dogs and hamburgers, so we include that in the menu as well. Um, but you know, our core the core practice is. So how do you and if you're talking about like making falafel and hummus more American, what does that mean exactly? I mean, I, I honestly can't think of a way to do it. Um, I mean, for me, the, the, the strong raw garlic flavor is awesome. And, and some people don't eat garlic, and that's their loss. Um, I don't think that you could. I mean, I don't you think about Chinese takeout and how far it's strayed from traditional Chinese recipes. I'd hope that this food, you know, I mean, a lot of this food that's coming over now, you have whatever Middle Eastern immigrants coming over. This is only in the past, you know, 40, 50, 60 years, whereas you had Chinese immigrants coming over 250 years ago. So, I mean, it is my hope that the food you know, stays true to form and that people learn to love it for what it is and instead of the food becoming something that they love. Well put. So I guess a next question goes back to like opening up a food truck. So what was the process like and how did Oof. how did you like get it up and running, you know? So the only advice I can give to anyone is to leave yourself a heck of a lot more time than you think you'll need. Um, the initial starting process was pretty easy. You know, drop a business plan, um, submit it to the state. And once you get approval to build, you start building out a truck. Once the truck's built, then you get the permitting done. And once it's up to code and speed, then the truck goes on the road. Um, it took about six months. Um, that wasn't even the hardest part. What was the hardest part? The hardest part was on our second day, the truck caught on fire and burned down. What is that story? What happened? <laughs> so this story's never come out, but... Um, on our second day, we had a propane leak due to a manufacturer's error. And a pocket of propane got caught in the wall and ignited. And the walls were burning down around us in the middle of our second day of service. There was about 100 people in line. And we had to shut down. And we uh, had the fire department come and rescue us. <laughs> <laughs> and then we rebuilt uh, I went through insurance, took another six months. So about after a year of hard work and waiting, we hit the road again, and it, it was a great success. You know, we had constant lines and a beautiful following, and you know, we owed, owed all to our customers who waited patiently for us to finally get on the road, and now we're here, and you know, no, no turning back. When was this again? This was October of 2014. Oh, interesting. So have there been any other stories sort of since then? Hopefully not. But. <laughs> no, I mean, the rest has been pretty good. Um, uh, since we were working with Rami's, um, we we have since split off to do our, our own venture. Um, you know, we were very appreciative of everything they taught us and helped us getting to where we are now. Um, you know, rebranding is a... It's a pretty simple procedure, but um, it's nice to know now that, you know, the product is really my own and the name is really my own and, you know, I stand by it. I stand by our product and I stand by our customers who are, who are the greatest. 
So you were talking about how the name is important to you. Mm-hmm. What was the origin of the name of the food truck? So the origin of the name of the food truck is um, Hebrew for it's slang for chip chop. So to do something quickly, like go make me a sandwich, chick chop. Um, it just means to do something quickly. And, you know, with food trucks, speed is of the essence. Um, people don't like waiting for food these days, but when they're outside waiting, sometimes it's even a shorter attention span. So we really try and, you know, have a maximum of like a four or five minute turnover time on orders. Um, and, you know, the name says it all. So how do you balance out, you know, opening more food trucks or, you know, opening storefronts? So I think that they, they go hand in hand. Um, the great part about a food truck is that you can follow the crowd and go to where the business is and go to all the festivals. But there is the element of weather. Um, and so you really need a, a, a consistent home base where people can always find you. Uh, the food truck moves around, which can be fun. But it can also be aggravating to those people who just want to get their falafel. Um, so to have that option of uh, a brick and mortar that people know where to go to, uh, people can come in and see the food. Um, you know, we do a lot of weddings and parties. So a lot of those people want to come get a taste of the food and not necessarily have to track down the food truck, whereas they can just walk into a store, have a sit down with me uh, and get a sense of the food. And do you, if the storefront does open, do you feel... Or do you see yourself um, staying at the storefront or being part of the food truck? Um, if I had more than one tochus, I'd be everywhere at the same time. Um, I'll definitely be bouncing around uh, as much as I'd be excited to open a storefront and definitely have to be there. Um, I mean, the food truck is, is my child, and you know, I'll never forget it. Um, so you can always find me, if not every day, close to it on the food truck, at least for lunch. So you also mentioned that you serve um, your or you, the food truck drives up to concert venues and you know crowded areas. So what communities are you trying to serve in that? Um, really, we try and hit them all. I mean, I I think that you know, anyone can enjoy a falafel, um, and like I said, we do have you know for the more vanilla eaters, we still have our French fries and hot dogs and hamburgers, but you know we go out to Western Mass to the the big Y. We go up to New Hampshire and Maine for breweries and music festivals. Um, So it's really anywhere where there's a good crowd. So you're trying to reach out to these neighborhoods, but I'm interested in um, your perspective on, like, communities that you're missing, so communities that might not be exposed to this type of food but, you know, should be exposed to this type of food. Yeah, I mean, you know, when I think of who would enjoy this food the most but is, is, you know, there's a, a misconnection or immediately I think like people from the West Indies. Um, one of my neighbors is from the West Indies and I brought home falafel and hummus and he had no idea what it was. But again, you know, that sharing of spices, having Indian spices coming over, curry and cumin and coriander, you know, those are familiar spices. Uh, you know, fritters are a familiar concept. Um, and, you know, we're, we're starting to do a lot more um, events around Hyde Park and um, Dorchester and Roslindale. So to really reach out to those communities, um, I think to, to share the food is, is awesome. 